Hello guys and welcome, welcome to, to Happy, Happy Single, Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes! <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy life. Every episode will deliver the best hard-hitting topics surrounding mummy life. So, here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hey guys and welcome to the Happy Single Moms podcast. I'm your host Khalifa. In 2020, according to the Washington Post, we learned that the wealth gap between black and white American women is just as large as it was in 1968. However, there are black women around the world trying to fight against this narrative and making major strides towards financial literacy as well as financial freedom. So, I reached out to a magnificent lady called Daisha and she has a big platform called Broke Black Girls and she has decided to come on and I cannot appreciate her enough because she is a financial activist for black women. So Daisha, please tell us what inspired you to start Broke Black Girls, such an amazing informative platform. Oh uh, yeah, to be honest, the Broke Black Girl is a true testament to my life. Um, at one point, that is exactly how I felt. I felt like the Broke Black Girl. And I started a Facebook community to talk about that. To have honest, real, raw conversations about Black women and finances and how we navigate financial hardships, especially in our country, because I wasn't seeing conversations like that happening anywhere else. That, like... For me, I've worked in finance since I was 19 years old, but I noticed early on that there was a huge disconnect to how conversations were taking place when they were speaking to women of color, primarily Black women, me growing up as a Black woman in a Black community, and I'm knowing that it's actually certain things that Black women need to catapult themselves ahead financially. Those conversations were not happening and mainstream financial institutions. And so when I would speak with customers and I would have to stick to a script that was provided to me at the time by my employer, it, 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 I felt like I was doing a disservice to other black women because I couldn't deviate from this script and say, I understand what this script says, but I hear you as a black woman and what you actually need. And this is how I can actually help you working for an institution. I could not do that. I could have a culturally competent conversation with them because I had to stick to a script, which I believe was extremely whitewashed working for the corporate company that I was working for at the time. So that led me to say, Hey, I can't be the only one that's, experiencing this and even me working in a financial institution and I'm combating my own financial hardships I had two children very young I went through a divorce two weeks after I started working for this financial institution I started going through a divorce so I'm facing my own financial hardships and I can't even go to my employer which is the source of financial assistance the wow. source of lending the source of finances all within itself I can't even go to them for help because they don't see me as 
a black woman and what that means for me in this country versus another number that's on their roster. So I started the broke black girl to have those conversations and within months it exploded to something that I, I couldn't even imagine back then. Wow, that's amazing. So how have you found the journey then from where you started? Because obviously there's, that was a need that you, you, you felt that you, you had and then you started the, the broke black girls. What, what do you find the women keep on saying to you over and over again? Do you feel like women are just saying that we haven't had an even playing field? Maybe it's like financially we have started a race, but maybe white people have been placed ahead than, uh, than black pe- women, especially. What is one thing that you think women are saying to you? Oh yes, absolutely. One of the things, one of the most common things that I hear is that there is no equity in financial education and financial assistance. And I don't think that our country alone understands what the difference is between equality and equity. Like, yeah, there are some financial resources that are available to everyone and we may consider that equality. But if we're not actually giving Black women who have for so long been at the bottom of the totem pole equity in financial education, actually giving them the resources that they need to level the playing field, it just continues to keep us behind and continues to do a disservice to us. So what I hear a lot is that there's no equity in, in financial opportunities, financial education available for Black women. That kind of has become... The, the fight, like I can create the space and I can provide as much financial education as I, pop, as I possibly can, but for the major organizations and major corporations who have a much larger reach, much larger resources than me, if they are not implementing equity in their products and their services, it's like we're just climbing a slow, steady hill. Yeah. But do you, do you also think that, because I personally believe that it also starts from, when it comes to relationships with money, it starts from the home. And I often, with I think I've gone the opposite way, because when I was younger, my mom was a single mom as well. And whenever I wanted something, she was like, I, I don't have the money for it. I don't have the money for it. So when I then started working, my relationship with money was so bad that like if I wanted something, I didn't care. I would have to have it, my credit card, I'll just be maxing it mm-hmm. out, you know? And I think that it's because I was deprived, I kind of went the opposite way when it came to money, mm-hmm. you know? And that's with my son, I'm trying to teach him, he's got his own card, um, um, a cre- not credit card, he's got his own bank card. And he's got a really, really good relationship with money because I've made sure that, do you know what, Josiah, 10% of whatever you get, you're saving do whatever you want with the rest, but you're saving your, your, your mm-hmm. spend, but you, you have to learn how to save. And that's something that I had to learn the hard way, you mm-hmm. know? So do you think that it's something that as, as parents now, you're, you being a parent, but when you look at, when you speak to a lot of black women, do you think that it's their, their parents actually had a relationship or well, their parents didn't teach them how to handle money? Of course, of course. So it, when it comes to financial literacy, uh, financial education as it is as its whole, it's really a twofold situation. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, there are systemic oppressions that has made this extremely difficult for us to get ahead, and then there are personal issues that have existed within our families that has made it difficult for us to have a good relationship for with money. For example, 
my mom had me when she was 14 years old. So for years, she couldn't even work because she wasn't old enough. Mm -hmm. So as she was growing, I'm growing, but she's growing into a woman and I'm growing up as a child. So I'm watching her. I'm developing some of the same habits that she had or really didn't have. I'm figuring all of this out on my own. And by the time my mom was in her late twenties, I was already a teenager. I had already developed habits that will take me over into adulthood, very bad habits. So yes, absolutely. Our children pick up financial habits from us or they're going to pick them up from somewhere or they're just going to try to figure it out on their own. But what ultimately ends up happening is children, children are going to watch what we do way more than what we say. So, so, so we can have conversations about budgeting, savings, debt management, all of those conversations are great conversations, but children are going to actually watch what you do. So I think, yes, it's very important that as parents that we start exemplifying good financial habits in front of our children so that it becomes a more of my child is watching me. I want to make sure they see me using things like a grocery list. They see me paying off debt. They see me budgeting my money. They see me sitting down and actively being involved with my money. So it's not all systemic issues that, that plays a part. A lot of it is, yes, personal accountability. When it comes to, you know, we didn't see this. So we are repeating things that we saw our parents do, then we pick them up, then we pass them on to our children. Yes, that definitely happens. So what are the biggest financial mistakes you think mothers are making? Oh, to be honest, and when I when I when I first saw this question, this really hit home for me because the first thing that comes to mind is I think that and I don't think that it's something mothers are doing intentionally, especially single mothers, but we swap out we we use money to fill a void for our shortcomings and not and not wow. anything that we do intentionally. Like for an example, if you were a single mother, nine times out of 10, the income in the household is solely dependent on you. You probably are working a full-time job that keeps you out of the house and away for the, from the children a lot. So to compensate that loss, we buy our children things, we spend money on things, to give them a sense of happiness to say like, I'm sorry I wasn't home or to keep them happy and smiling in exchange of us being out of the house. So I, I don't necessarily want to call it a mistake because I know as a single mom, how easy it is for you to say, let me feed my children all of these material things because physically I'm not available. I don't think that it is a mistake as much as, much as it is just a choice of circumstance. But I, but in the end, it becomes something that can be detrimental because your children then start to pick up on that. They start to think that material things and spending money is the end goal to happiness. And we know that that's not true. Yeah, definitely. You basically teach mothers why it's important to teach your children mm -hmm. about, you know, financial literacy and um, knowing about money. What inspired you to write the book then? Um, because I have two children. Um, yeah. And when I first started the Broke Black Girl, I really didn't speak enough about the importance of talking about money with your children and involving them in it. Um, I think for me as a single mom, one of the things that I that I really didn't pay attention to in the beginning is that even though I was not having these conversations with my children, they were still going to be impacted by every financial choice that I made. Yeah. So I knew at that point as 
the broke black girl started to grow as my life started to change because I ultimately ended up leaving you know my job and when I left my job to to work the broke black girl full time I knew financially things were going to be different because before I had the security of a paycheck every two weeks. Now my income was solely dependent on me. It was at that moment that I knew it was time for me to sit down with my children and talk to them about money, talk to them about finances, making sure that I could be the first good example that they could really have when it comes to money. Before they learn something on YouTube, before they hear their friends talking about money and their habits, I knew that I first had to take advantage of the opportunity while I'm in the home with my children and start discussing money with them early on especially me having two boys the way that I look at my two boys is that one day if that's the route that they choose to go they'll be married they'll have children they probably will be financially responsible for other people I need to know that I am building two financially responsible men that will one day go on to lead lead a family yeah so it became very important for me to have those conversations with them no no I think that's I think that's brilliant and I think that with um with the way I've seen some mothers even on Instagram actually they they talk about even getting like credit cards out for their kids and building Mm -hmm. their kids credit up so by the time that they're ready to start life that their credit is a one some mothers are um teaching their kids how to save like I'm doing with my son and getting here because I found out with me when I got my son his own card he handled money very different when it was his money when it was my money now he would buy out the whole store but then now he knew uh-huh. <laughs> now he knew how much he had in his account you know that he was at, and it was such a wonderful thing to just to see his own relationship with money I think it's it's something that we need to do we need to teach our kids what an asset is and what a liability is. And yes. when I read the book, The Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that's when I was like, oh my God, you know, a lot of rich people, quote unquote, they teach their children about money. Money isn't something that is dirty. Money isn't something that you can't talk about. You know, it is something that you need to sit down and talk to about your child. Talk to your kids yeah. about, apologies. And one thing I, I found was one of my friends, his, um, his mom died and she didn't have a will. She didn't have anything in place. Mm-hmm. And the financial burden that it placed, you're already grieving, you know, and the fact that you didn't even, oh, it's not good to really talk about death, but I, I even got life insurance as a single mom because anything can happen. And I would never want me seeing my friend go through that. That's what made me think that, do you know what? I have to have certain things in place. So if I die, my I, I, that's, that's covered. If I die, he's got money in his account, you know? So there's so uh-huh. many conversations we need to have, not only as single mothers, but as mothers in general, that I, I think that we need to be open and transparent about it. And that's why I love your platform because I'm just like, do you know what? You are giving us the information that we need. Do you know in regards to our generation now, and I see a lot of girls talking about they're chasing a bag, chasing a bag. What are your thoughts on, on chasing a bag through a man I found? That it that topic it is such is such a touchy topic. One one I want to be clear here that 
whatever choice a, a woman, you know, wants to make, you know, with her life, with her body, I am pro a woman doing whatever she feel like she wants to do. Just because I'm not, I'm not pro women being controlled by, you know, what we consider to be normal. I'm pro women being able to design a life that works for them. Mm -hmm. But what I do want to say is I don't believe that there is any security by chasing money or a livelihood through another person. Because when you give that person the power, especially the financial power, they can take it away at any given moment. And since we're talking about moms, it's a picture that I want to paint for mothers. Me right now, I'm, I have two children. I'm divorced. If I was to marry someone else, my two children are not going to be biologically his. So in my mind, the way that I have to approach this new situation is I have to take my emotions and the stigma that's centered around women and finances and figure out, okay, how can I go into this new marriage and protect the life that I had prior to this marriage? It could be life insurance. It can be a will. It could be a prenup. It could be something that protects the legacy and the generational wealth that I have worked so hard to build for my children. How can I protect that going into a union with someone else? Because of course, I, I would hope that this new person would love my children beyond reasonable doubt, just like they are his. But once I'm gone, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And who is to say I'm going to live 50 60 more years I may go prematurely while my children are still young as a parent I have to be responsible enough and well enough to put my emotions to the side yes talking about insurance is very scary preparing for your death is extremely scary but as a mother I don't think that there's no other way that I could express my ultimate love and support for my children than to care for them and financially secure them from from the grave yeah. that sounds scary but that is the most ultimate display of love that I feel that I can give my children so I'm I I'm not okay with women putting their financial security in the hands of anyone, man, woman, or even a job. I, I am always going to be pro-women actively doing and securing their finances in a way that puts them at the forefront of every financial decision that they make. And you can't do that when it's wrapped up and you're chasing a bag through some something or someone else. Yeah. So um, what do you think the benefits are um, of sticking to a budget? To me, I think sometimes budgets get a bad rep because people think that they're restrictive and it's like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do that because it's not in my budget. I think the benefits of the, of the budget is extremely high because it puts you in the driver's seat. You get to control what's coming in, what's going out. You're always involved and anything that you want to do, you actually can do it if you just put it in your budget. To me, it gives me freedom to go out with my friends and hang out and party knowing that I budgeted for this moment. I put money to the side to do this and I'm not spending my rent money. I'm not spending the, the cardinal money and I can go on once I leave from hanging out with my friends and know the rent is secured, the car is secured, utilities are secured because I budgeted and prepared for this moment. I think for a mother, being in control of your finances and giving you some type of balance by still being able to live a life of fun and responsibility is 
having a budget that designs that is probably one of the best things that you could do. Well, I personally have found it so hard budgeting, but it's, yeah, I just have to stick to it because I know how it feels like to be in the red and the the pressure, mm-hmm. especially when you just have letters coming in and you know this is a bill or this is a, a I'm even planning to sell my car because I'm just like, I cannot afford another parking fine you know like I can't do it I'm fed up so you just have to there's um, a chap called Dave Ramsey he says some he says that you have to live like no one else can to live the life that you want later on so I'm willing to walk <laughs> I'm willing to walk mm-hmm. and not have parking fines and just be responsible and stick within the budget you have to mm-hmm because the on the latter if you have I can't carry on being stressed it's it's yeah oh yes because it affects your parenting as well when you have financial and I think that's why sometimes a lot of people turn to alcohol or or or, you know other because they're not handling the 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 foundations you know if you Mm -hmm. are stressed out how can you parent and kids can pick up on things like that as well oh yes I don't think that people talk about the mental impact of financial hardship enough like we know the financial impact like oh if something's going you know wrong or your money is going down yeah you're probably going to be faced with some debt you're probably going to be faced with some hard times you're going to face collection notices and eviction notices like we talk about that a lot but there is a huge area of financial hardships that is not heavily covered and it's the mental impact and that is extremely it's it's hard to be healthy mentally and physically when you are being weighed down by financial hardships it's very hard to navigate that space and then you add on having to be a mother like I think three of the heaviest things when it comes to money money of course being at the top then you have motherhood then you have marriage and then you have me Mm -hmm. so those three things are very hard to balance when you add in money and money can offset either one of those things it could offset marriage offset motherhood offset yourself which of course is is me it, I don't think that that is covered enough yeah definitely so what um can you give three tips um to women to for better relationships with money oh yes the very first thing that I would say is educate yourself I know that that may seem cliche it may seem like something simple but you cannot underestimate the power of just simply reading financial literacy books following financial literacy pages especially pages that you could relate to sitting down and speaking with a professional right now we live in an era of information so you can get online right now and google what is a budget and have hundreds of articles and pages that are going to pop up that's going to thoroughly detail what a budget is so for me I still even today with me knowing as much as I know about finances I still spend 30 minutes every single day reading something you know people find up new ways to to budget every single day people find up you know easier things that you can use to make a system that once in quite required 10 steps now someone has figured out a way to create a financial system in only five steps like i'm reading something every day because i want to stay educated and i want to stay involved the second thing would be setting financial goals. Um, sometimes we are just winging it. Like we, we know we have bills to pay and we know we want to pay 
our car off or pay some type of debt off. Like in our mind, we, we know these things. And what ends up happening is we start projecting. But until you have created goals on paper, something that's measurable, you can track it, it has a deadline, you really are just talking. You really are just projecting. So sitting down and setting financial goals, if you're if you want to say, oh, by the end of the year, I want to save $5,000. So what does that look like on a monthly basis? How much should you be saving monthly? Now, what does that look like on a weekly basis? How much should you be saving weekly? It's 52 weeks in a year until you can hit your mark of $5,000 saved by the end of the year. Like So setting clear financial goals definitely will be top two. And the third one, I would say building an emergency fund. Mm. When people talk about building an emergency fund online, you will mostly see like the recommended amount is three to six months of expenses. Yeah. Me having worked with so many low income families, I know that that sounds like a lot, especially people who are living paycheck to paycheck, especially people who are already underpaid, trying to save three to six months worth of expenses in an emergency fund sounds a lot. So I always encourage people before you can get to three months, you have to first save one month. So let one month at in the beginning be your goal. And what, what I think that people overlook is that when you start small, it builds momentum and then it clicks something in your head like, oh, wow, I know that the recommendation is three months, but I just say one, you feel motivated. And when you feel motivated, it's so much easier to go forth because now you see you can actually do it. So I don't always jump out and encourage people three to six months because they can be discouraging, especially if you're already facing so many other financial hardships. So I always encourage people to start off with one, try to save one month of expenses. And when it comes to saving money, saving money is more so rooted in consistency more than it's rooted in the currency. Like, yes, the, anybody, everyone would love to save thousands of dollars, but a person that's saving $20 every week for the entire year is going to outsave the person who's sporadically saving $100 every few months. Yeah. Like the $100 is the bigger number, but they're not consistent with it. So if you're saving $20 every week, you're going to outsave someone who's saving a bigger amount than you but they're randomly doing you you're going to outsave them it's just like the the hare and the tortoise race like yeah the rabbit the hare was much faster but the turtle was consistent he kept going he kept going and in the end he prevailed it's the exact same thing with saving money being it that we've been in a global or we are currently still in a global pandemic um, a lot of people have lost their jobs and some moms are in debt, um, they're not working. What advice would you give to someone listening right now that is in that position? If someone has lost their job as a result to the pandemic, this is it's such a, a touchy topic because it is something that makes me sad because I know there is a lot, millions of people that are going through this. And this is where I think having community centered around personal finance is necessary because there are gonna be some cases where some people really do not have the money. 
like saving the money is not an option getting the money is not an option maybe they have exhausted all of their savings maybe they have lost all of their income because of a result of the pandemic and i am a huge advocate for community centered around money the, the best thing that i can say is if you have a community if you have friends do not be afraid to reach out do not be afraid to communicate one of the things that i do not see a lot is that when people have lost their income or they don't have any savings that sometimes we go into a state of out of sight out of mind so if we're not opening the mail if we're not answering the phone we think that it, the problem doesn't exist but just picking up the phone and communicating with your lenders your property manager the person who you have to pay your quarter know to like really focus on communication and community picking up the phone making phone calls and saying hey i'm facing a financial hardship do you have any financial hardship plans available to assist your consumers one of the things that i don't think we really consider is that almost all major corporations have a financial hardship plan they're not going to offer it because of course it's a corporation they're going to think about themselves first but if you contact them and you say hot words which this is me coming from working in financial institutions we are at the time we were trying to listen for hot words to say things like i lost my job i'm facing a financial hardship i'm going through a divorce there's been a loss in my family like those hot words or triggers for us to say okay we have xyz where we may be able to help you but what often happens is when a person is going through a hardship they completely ignore their lenders altogether which which i understand like mentally they're going through something and this is something that i even learned myself my my father passed away in 2017 very abruptly and this was my first time going through a major loss like that as an adult and instantly i was I had to snap out like the bills don't stop. You know, I still got to pay rent. I still got to pay, you know, for my car. And so I was making those phone calls to say, "Hey, I'm going through XYZ. Do you have any options available?" So what I would say to anyone that's listening that's facing any type of financial hardship, please rely on your community if you have it. Reach out to your community, let them know what's going on, see if there's any available resources, but also communicate with your lenders check in with your lenders see if they have any programs available that can assist you at least until things possibly get better for you yeah no no you're completely right in regards to um communicating because yeah even over here in the uk some lenders will actually even accept five five pounds a, a month you know so long as you are making mm -hmm. payment and you're being consistent and after some time, you know, the debt will be paid, but you running away, number one, you're messing up your credit. And number two, it's like the bill is not going to go away and you don't want any, you don't want to end up in court just for, and they could accept the five pounds just because you're just down and out. You have to have a fighting spirit, no matter how bad the situation gets, you can't let it, you have to ride the wave and don't let it consume you. It's, it's hard. Being a mother is hard. Handling finances alone, especially is hard but you have to do it. You have to do it. Money is, money is important. You need money to raise kids, you know? So the more financially literate you are, the better position you are at for yourself and for your, for your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's one hope that you would have for um, black women, especially when it comes to finances? 
my hope for black women, I want them to just take charge of their finances. That that probably would be the top thing. I want more black women to be in the driver's seat of their finances, making decisions that are going to benefit not only them and their children for years to come. Um, in America, the statistics are 81% of African-American women are the primary breadwinners of their home. That is crazy wow. to me. So for me, it's, it's like we are already responsible for so many other people and things, it's imperative that we put ourselves in the driver's seat of our finances and actually design what that looks like, what our what our future, you know, looks like. Like I, my hope is that we do away with the days where black women are working into their graves, mm -hmm. hands and knees into their graves, and we have nothing to show for it. Mm -hmm. Like we have nothing to leave our children. We have, you know, nothing to help them in our absence. Like, I want those days gone. I want women in the driver's seat of their finances, making decisions, being concerned about things such as legacy building, insurance, wills, prenups, putting themselves at the forefront of their finances. Like, that, that to me is my biggest hope. Um, where can people find you on social media? And have you got anything magnificent coming up this year? I know we're still in the pandemic, but... Yes, yeah, so I, I I actually took off um from events this year, just not knowing what the pandemic is going to look like. So most of my online presence will completely be on social media. So if anyone is interested in finding me on social media, it's the broke black girl across Instagram and Facebook, and on Twitter it's at broke black girl underscore. But that's how anyone can find me um, on social media for sure. I really wanted to get back into events. I love meeting up offline. I love just in-person connections. But yeah, I, I also want to be safe and responsible given the current, you know, climate of everything. But yes, for the most part, I'll be online all year. I just want to thank you so much for coming on the Happy Single Mom podcast. Um, I think the information that you've given is just going to bless so many women. And thank you for your platform and thank you for um, allowing your pain <laughs> to be a blessing to others, you know, and your frustrations to be a blessing to others because the information that you've put on your Instagram page is, it's honestly, it's magnificent. It is actually yeah, magnificent. You. So thank you. Thank you for being there for, for us. Thank you for being there for other women. Thank you for being there for your for your boys. And thank you for being there for yourself as well. <laughs> thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. It's fine. Thank you for coming on. Oh, you too. Thank you. Have a yeah. great day. All right. Take care. I'm breaking, no, I'm not lose control when I get there.